we're going to carry on with our, uh, do you remember last week? Stir it up. And I didn't get to preach most of what I was going to preach. So we're going to do that today. Is that so right? But just turn to someone and say, stir it up. Stir it up. Yeah. <laughs> stir it up. I hope you've been stirring it up every day this week. I hope that wasn't just a sermon last Sunday. Nice bit. Oh, good preaching, Pastor Jay. I hope it wasn't just, ah, oh, just, that's great. I hope it's the Word become flesh in our lives and we become those who do the Word and not just hear the Word. So how do you stir yourself up? You stir yourself up. You say, come on, stir it up. I stir up my faith. I stir up my joy. I stir up my love. I stir up my expectation. I stir up my passion for those who are unchurched. I stir it up in Jesus' Name. That's how you do it. You speak to yourself and you stir it up. Look at someone say, stir it up. Look at someone else say, I'm stirred up. Okay, we're going to carry on today. We're going back to Haggai chapter 1, verse 12. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, Joshua, the son, of, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God had sent him. And the people feared the presence of the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, spoke the Lord's word to the people saying, I am with you says the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel. He stirred up the spirit of Joshua, stirred up the spirit of all the remnant of the people and they came and worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. On the 24th day of the sixth month in the second year of King Darius, in the, in the seventh month, on the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet saying, speak now to Zerubbabel, the governor and to Joshua and to all the remnant of the people saying, who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory? How do you see it now? In comparison with what it was, is this not in your eyes as nothing? Yet now be strong, Zerubbabel, says the Lord, and be strong, Joshua, son of Jehoshaphat. Be strong, all you people, and work, for I am with you says the Lord of hosts, according to the word that I covenanted with you, I promised you, I agreed with you. According to that word, when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remains among you, do not fear. Look at someone say, do not fear. Look at 94 people and say, do not fear. Yeah, you gave up on me then, didn't you? Just, just, see, I'm saying it to like 300. Do not fear. Do not fear. Yeah, do not fear. Fear is a nasty thing. Spirit of fear. Whenever God has to, well, I say often when God has to deal with people, He has to start by saying or somewhere in the conversation early on, stop worrying about it. Stop fearing, yeah? So he says, do not fear, why? Because my spirit remains among you. We've been singing today about God, you're all I want and you're all I need, you're my one desire. His spirit has to be our centre of attention. When the temple was built, the ark, of the, the ark of the covenant was carried in on the shoulders of the priests and it was carried in and it was what it was all about. And that ark, when it went through the Jordan, the Jordan split. The ark of God's presence 
We can talk about the glory of God. We're not just talking about some sort of spiritual, ethereal feeling. We're talking about God present. Where is He present? Well, the Bible says the glory that shines in the face of Jesus Christ has shone right in here. So even though you may not be glowing physically on the inside of you, you are full of that same Shekinah glory that fell when they dedicated the temple. That is shining on the inside. How does it shine out? It shines out through what we do and what we say. If we went round shining like they did in the Old Testament, that actually had to put a bag over his head because he was literally glowing, literally glowing. If, if the church did that, if we all just shone physically, who do you think would get the glory in the world? The church would get the glory. The church would get the glory. People would come and worship you. You're, you're an angel. You're shining. Look at you. You're amazing. But how do we shine today? We shine today through what we do to serve other people. That's how we shine. Men will see your good works, deeds, what you do. Men will see what you do and glorify the Father. You see, you are not the centre of attention. I am not the centre of attention. Who is the centre of attention? Jesus Christ. He is high and lifted up. When everything shakes, it says they will come to the desire of all nations. You're not the desire of all nations. Citygate Church is not the desire of all nations. Jesus Christ is the desire of all nations. So how are we going to shine? Through what we do and what we say. So if we don't, do anything, and if we're not speaking words in agreement with His words, if all we're doing is moaning, groaning, complaining, criticising, speaking like everybody else in the world speaks, then God's not getting any glory no matter how much we worship Him here on a Sunday. No matter how much we stand here and have the awesome times that we have, no matter how great the band is, no matter how awesome our faith and prayer is, if we're not doing anything, God's not being glorified. Is that, is that okay? So what we do and what we say is absolutely vital. Why? Because He is the centre of attention. For thus says the Lord of hosts, one more time. It is just a little while. I'm, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land, and I'm going to shake all nations. And they shall come to the desire of all nations. And I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. In this place, I will give shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. The most incredible power of God released to bring wholeness and restoration back into people's lives. But Pastor Jay, you don't know my life's been wasted, but He will restore the years that the locust has eaten. Oh yeah, but Pastor Jay, you don't know. I've been divorced three times. I don't know what God will ever forgive me. He will restore to you. He will restore to you. He will set your feet back on a rock and He will cause you to come out of that dark place into a bright and shining place. Why? Because He is a God for whom nothing is impossible and He will take hold of your life, no matter how broken it's become, no matter how despairing it has been, no matter how difficult it has been, and He still has the same blueprint for your life that says, world overcomer, son of God, daughter of God, healed, prospered, rejoicing. He still, He doesn't change your blueprint, 
because of what you go through. He changes you to match the blueprint that He's created for you. Yeah, come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding this morning. We know there's a tremendous work to do before Jesus comes back. There's a tremendous work to do. That's why we're here. We're not just here to have church. We're here to love our world and turn our world upside down. That's why we are here. We looked last week that we therefore are stirred up people. We're not calm people. We're calm in the midst of a storm, don't misunderstand me, but we're not, we're not, we're not apathetic people. We're not lazy people. We're stirred up people. We're those who, who stir up whatever we need to stir up to get the job done. We had that, that incredible testimony earlier. It was really hard. It was killing me. But they stirred something up. They didn't draw back. They didn't give up. They didn't flake out. They stirred something up and they pushed through and they got the rewards and the results. Why? Because of the goodness of God, but also because they stirred something up. But the other thing that we need, because there's a tremendous amount of work to do, according to Haggai chapter two here in chapter one, is this. He says this, he had stirred them up, they came and worked, then he spoke again. And he said, now guys, let's get a reality check. Let's see things as they really are. Now, we are a people of faith. We don't look at things that can be seen. We look at things that cannot be seen because the things that can be seen are temporary. The things that cannot be seen are eternal. We look at the Word of God. We look at what God has, has established and we get what God has already done and we bring it to pass here on earth. That's what we do. I love that song earlier. What God has promised, we're seeing it. We're gonna behold it. This is it. We're seeing it. Sometimes you've got to declare that when you can't see it. Why? Because you call things that be not as though they were. But there is time for a reality check. Because otherwise you can just live in a place of denial. You don't get the unpaid bills, put them in the bottom drawer and just say, I don't look at things that can be seen. Now, you may do that for a moment, yeah? To get yourself straight. If a bad report comes or if something happens, man, close it. Close it. And immediately, immediately go to your promise. Immediately go to your promise. God has promised, bang, and you start talking it and you start believing it and you start and you start prophesying it. And if that, you know, if you're struggling doing that, you go straight to your download and you put on, fill this house with glory. Come on, Holy Spirit. You put on straight away, greater is He that's in me than he that's in the world. And you get your praise going and you get your worship going and you get your mouth going in line with the promise. That's what you do. But you know why you do that? You do that to put yourself in a place of ascendancy over what you can see. 
That's very different from putting it in the bottom drawer and going, I'm not even going to look at it. No, you need to look at it. Why? Because if you can see it, you can change it. If you can see it, you can change it. You go for it. You say, now, how do I deal with this? And God, you know, this is, wow, God, you're amazing. God said to a whole nation, guys, reality check. Who can remember what the temple was like? What you got today is nothing in comparison with that. Now, He would never do that to cause people to go into discouragement, frustration, despair. We've already had some some, uh, time here of them um, heading up the mountains, going up the mountains. They're getting the cedar wood. They're stirred up. They're fearing the presence of God. He doesn't say that to a group of people who are are lukewarm, half-hearted, because that word would have destroyed them. You've got to be really careful how you talk to people. You know, how you want to encourage, ah, speak the truth in love. Well, yeah, when they can handle it. Hello? God didn't start by saying, guys, what you got is nothing. There was a process to get them to a place where he said, now, guys, I want to say to you, look at this. This is not what it's supposed to be like. What it's supposed to be like is greater. And he painted a picture. He said, glory's going to fill this place. Gold and silver's going to flood in. Shalom is going to be all over the place. The whole world's going to shake and everyone's going to come. That's what it's going to be like. But if all the time we think what we've got is the fullness of what God's got for us, we're going to live in a fraction of the promises and the blessing of God. Ah, oh, well, I'm just going to be happy with what I've got. You know, godliness with contentment is great gain. Yeah, we're not talking about, uh, you know, content with the little bit that we have compared to what God has already said. This is in your account, guys. We're talking about don't get into comparison with other people. Don't say, well, they got that house. I want that house. No, don't get into that stuff. The Bible says when you compare yourself amongst yourselves, you're really not wise. Why? Because it stirs up strife. It stirs up all sorts of, well, they're getting paid that. I want to get paid that. You were happy with your one denarii that you agreed at eight o'clock in the morning. But when you found out that somebody else got paid the same as you and they only worked half a day, you got the hump. Hello? Is is this okay? Is that all right? Don't want to upset anybody today. I'm just, that's just a parable in the Bible. And yet the whole world today seems to be screaming down this road of rights, entitlement, equality. And it's just nutty. It's what that does, that doesn't create unity, it creates division. Because all you're doing is you're setting up a world of comparison. And when you set up a world of comparison, you will always be the victim. Because there will always be somebody in a better state than you. Come on, I'm preaching better. I'm trying to keep, help us to know how to be strong on the inside. But God here is saying, 
Come on, there's something far, far greater. There's something more wonderful, more great than you've ever, ever, or you have seen, but you've reserved that to, oh, well, that was just before. We're just gonna resign ourselves to what we got now. So what's the answer here? The answer is, therefore, he says to Zerubbabel, therefore, he says to Joshua, therefore, he says to all the people, he says this, two little words, be strong. Look at someone, say, be strong. Be strong. That's what it is, be strong. Oh, really? Is that the depth of the revelation this morning? Be strong. So what did he do last week in the message? He stirred them up. What is he saying them? What is he saying to them in this week's message? He's saying, "Be strong." He adds something else. Be strong and work is what he says. Be strong and work. Why? Because we're talking about an incredible job that we have to fulfill. We have got a job to fulfill that is. Incredible. Why do we need to be strong? Number one, we need to be strong because of the challenges that lie ahead. Because of the challenges. There will be challenges. Is that all right? Can I say this? You know, it's not just going to be a bed of roses. It's going to be, it's going to be from one victory to the next victory. But if you're going from victory to victory, you're going to have fight after fight. But they're good fights because it's the good fight of faith. We're not fighting for survival, we're fighting for territory. We're not fighting for survival. Hebrews chapter 12, which actually quotes the same passage. I'm just gonna read this. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks for if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on the earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice once shook the earth, but now he has promised Interesting they're saying in Hebrews, which is in the New Testament, now he has promised, and then they quote something that was prophesied hundreds of years earlier. So he's saying this is still relevant for today. And can I say it is relevant for 2018 and it is so relevant for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. What's he say? Yet now once more I will shake not only the earth but the heavens, We've just read that, that's where it came from over in Haggai. So that cannot be just reserved to an Old Testament prophetic word about a temple. It has to be reserved to this whole passage there in Hebrews chapter 12, which is this. I'm gonna shake everything. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of the things that are made that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, look at someone say unshakable. Let that sink in this morning. Unshakable. Unshakable. There's the fire of God, which is unquenchable. There's the kingdom of God, which is unstoppable. But there are the people of God, which are unshakable. 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 Why? Because the kingdom is unshakable. Let us have grace by which we may serve God. There's the doing, the doing. That we may serve God acceptably, acceptably with reverence and godly fear for our God is 
a consuming fire. Well, how do you see God this morning? Do you see God as just an old man, decrepit, out of date, out of touch? Or do you see God as a consuming fire? Ezekiel describes him this way, you are a fire from the waist up and a fire from the waist down. The Bible paints a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ in in Habakkuk, where it says there are shafts of lightning coming out of his hands. How do you see God? He's an all-consuming fire. We serve Him with reverence and godly fear. We celebrate in His presence and He's Abba Father and I can come into His throne room at any time and He gives me His full attention. Why? Because I'm His child. But I still understand He's boss. He's boss. He's God. He's an all-consuming fire. There's a whole lot of shaking going on. Just in the last few days, I've had conversations with with some very close pastor friends of mine, with some outstanding churches. I mean, dear God, you know, they are where we're going. Outstanding churches. And in fact, I've heard it three times in the last two days. They said, it's as if our church has been shaken in the last 18 months. And and they didn't know what the others have said. This is just me keeping up with some pretty outstanding churches in our world today. Oh man, it's as if if we've been shaken. Immorality's come out. Attitudes have come out. On team, it's always, you know, there's always stuff happening in the life of a church because no church is perfect. Oh, did you hear someone? Yeah, this is church, guys but you really want to keep it out your leadership. Can I be blunt? You really want to keep it out your life. But the fact is, if we're going to have greater glory, there's going to be shaking. But only of things that are shakeable. The Bible says that things that are of the kingdom are unshakable. So if something shakes, it cannot be of the kingdom. Is this deep? Come on. Okay, now smile at me, all right? Please, <laughs> smile at me. This is a good news message today, all right? This, this is, no, it really is. I've discovered in my life over many, many, many years, if something is shaking, let it fall because it's shakeable. If it's shakeable, it ain't on the Word. If it's shakeable, it doesn't have faith through the middle of it. If it's shakeable, it's not of the kingdom. If it's shaking... I'm not saying if it's being attacked. I'm saying if it's shaking. If something is shaking, it's shakeable. If it's shakeable, then it's not something that is unshakable. Does, it, does this make sense? See, God does not shake stuff that is to remain. He shakes stuff that needs to fall. All things are going to shake that the things which are unshakable will remain. I want to know now what's not going to go through, what's, what is not going to last going through the fire. Hello? I want to know now. I don't want to know when I go and meet Jesus 
And he says, well, that, that wasn't me and that wasn't me and that was shakeable and that was just a mess and that was selfish and that was just your vision and that didn't come from the heart of God and that was just ego trip and that was just pride and that was just a waste of space and that was just like, just what, what were you doing there? I want to stand there and he goes, you know what? Well done, good and faithful servant, come in. I don't want him to strip off a load of stuff. I want it to shake now. I want it to shake now. I want it to be, to be revealed by fire now. Now I'm believing that there's not a lot there that's gonna shake, okay? But this is why we walk on the Word. This is why we walk with God. This is why we have good people around us. We're seeing, um, uh, I, I, I just don't watch TV. I watch films and I watch car shows and I watch motorbike shows. I watch all the car SOS and the King Dig Customs and the overhauling, apostrophe, no G on it because they're from the States and they're cool. I watch all of that lot. But we're going through something at the moment, uh, a show on TV and Sharon and I are sitting there and she puts a leg over me and we sit there and we watch The Crown. Oh, oh, yeah. oh you love it. Oh, you love it. Sally loves it. Do you love it, darling? You love it. She said to me, she said to me the other day, are you just doing this for me? Because it's a bit girly. And I said, well, that's part of it because I like your leg on my leg. Last night we were there and I tried to put my head on her shoulder and it was so low down. I was like, it's true, isn't it? I said, that ain't gonna work. And I just lifted it up again. Guys, I'm Italian. I'm one of those romantics. It's just, it just is. I can't help myself, Tom. <laughs> and I don't know how it's all gonna turn out. Well, I do, she's still alive. Well, I mean, she's, it's a true story, isn't it? Pretty much. But the guy who's sort of advising Prince Philip in the film, in the, in the show, is really not a great influence on him. Who are the influences in your life? Because the influences perhaps are gonna cause some stuff which might be shakeable. Hello? We want unshakeable. We want to be firm and secure. I'm out of time. We need to be strong because there's a whole lot of shaking going on. The Bible says, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. The Bible says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The Bible says we need to be strong in faith and in patience. The Bible says that you be strengthened with might in your inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That always seems weird to pray that for a church. But it's saying if you want the fullness of Jesus to be operating through you, you're gonna need some strength because when He turns the volume up, the, the, of, uh, the of volume up, you can expect some stuff to shake. So you gotta be strong. If you're saying, God, show me your glory, well, you better be prepared to have, have some stuff burnt up. Stuff that you don't think is going to be burnt up. Things that we think is great. I can think back over the history of this church. Like I'm, I'm as transparent as I can be on this platform. Four years ago, we went through hell. 
And I can look back today and say, thank God we had the best year we had after that year. I mean, it just went from glory to glory. We had, then we declared, then we declared, I started to declare from this place, it was already on the inside, but there was, you know, the whole, the whole thing coming out, uh, pursue, overtake and recover all. I know what I was saying. I don't know what you were saying, but I know what I was saying. And we started to declare some stuff. That was immediately after we had the prophet of God come in here at that time. And she said, you've been a, a jumbo jet. You're gonna be a, space, a, a spacecraft. Your engines won't work out there. Your pilots are gonna change. The wings won't work. And we were going, oh, isn't this wonderful? Little did we know the engines were gonna have to change. The pilots wouldn't work and the wings didn't work. <laughs> they were great to do the job they'd done. Hello. They were great to do the job they'd done, but we were never designed and created to fly at 40,000 feet. We were created to fly to the stars. So God says, be strong. Look at someone say, be strong. Okay. Where does strength come from? Well, I could go through a load of scriptures. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my strength. Hello? The Lord is my strength. When you go through it, you know where your energy is coming from. You know where it's coming from. It's not your personality. It's not your exuberance. It's the Lord. That's where it comes from. The Lord. Jesus Christ. If you ain't praying and reading your Bible, He is not your strength. If you are having a relationship with Him, if it's active and living, you're unshakable. Are we getting this? Is this okay? Smile at me again, because this, this is a big one. Where does strength come from? Well, the Bible says, Proverbs 24, 5, a wise man is strong. A wise man is strong. Let's take that into the New Testament, Luke chapter 6, verse 47 to 49. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He's like a man who building a house on, sorry, um, he is like a man who builds a house, who dug deep, laid the foundation on the rock and when the flood arose and the steam beat vehemently, 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 oh, thank you. Oh. <laughs> vehemently, vehemently, flubber, strongly, badly. I know my English. Dear God, it's one thing I'm good at. What was that about? It's an attack of the devil. See, I told you. Yeah, let it shake. The stream beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it. For it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like the man who built his house on the earth. One other translation says the sand. Without a foundation, not another translation, another gospel account, sorry. Uh, without a foundation, without a foundation. Without a foundation. Still had a house to look at. Oh, what a wonderful house. What a great job. What a lovely family. What happens when the storms come vehemently? We'll find out what it's built on. And immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great.
great over in the other account in, in um, Matthew, it says the house built on the rock and it did not fall. It did not fall. Now I thank God that when we fall, God picks us up. When I fall, I shall arise. If you're falling over, we'll get back up again. But we want a better thing going on. We want to prepare for tomorrow. We want to prepare for next year. We want to prepare for five years down the road. When stuff slaps you upside the head, you just keep walking. Look at someone say, just keep swimming. Yeah. Look at someone else say, let it go. Let it go. Can I have the band back up? Three ingredients for an unshakable life. Three ingredients for an unshakable life. You ready for this? Three ingredients for an unshakable life. One, come. It says, he who comes to me, he who comes to me, come to Jesus. Come to God. Come to Him today. Come to Him tomorrow. Come to Him next Sunday. Come to Jesus. Come to Him. Engage with Him. Come to Jesus. Don't just thank Him that He's there. Come to Him. See, there's a difference. There are times my kids are, you know, perhaps we're in the lounge, we've got like a kitchen sort of diner and a front lounge. And I might shout, you know, Stephen, Michael, Chris, Sharon, whatever. No, not Sharon, I don't do it, but come here. I'd never say that to my wife. It's like, <laughs> couch, here we come. <laughs> I've never slept on the couch. But Stephen, come here. Yeah, Dad, in a minute. Let me just finish what I'm doing. Half an hour later, the game's got to finish. Since when's the game got to finish? Oh, it's got to finish. What happens if you don't finish it? These guys are clever. This online stuff, you will lose points, strategy, whatever else. They keep you on that thing. And as a loving parent, you, you don't want them to lose what they got. So you go, all right, I'll give you another five minutes. I don't give a rip about the points. Hello? What I do give a rip about is come here. Come here. They are in my vicinity. But they're not come here. Now God didn't say come here. Well, there are times He might, but because we serve Him with reverence and fear. He's a consuming fire. He's not saying, is it all right if I have a chat with you? He's going, I want to talk to you because he's the one with the authority, like a parent. But come here, oh yeah, whenever. Ah, yeah, I can hear you, yeah, that's different from coming here. Now we're not talking about God saying come here, what we're talking about is us coming to God. Are you coming to Jesus? Or do you just know you're in the same room as He is? I'm over here, God, talk to me when you want, but I'm engaged with my life and I know you're with me and around me and whatever else. Now, come to Him, eye to eye contact, heart to heart, attention. Priority over your hobby. Priority over your TV program. Priority over your job. Priority over your relationships. Come 
to Jesus. Everything else will be better if it's lived out from that intimate relationship with God. Come to Jesus. Can I say this? If something is shaking, perhaps you're not coming to Jesus. That's a perhaps, not every time. Don't go and say, oh, Pastor Jay said something's shaking. I haven't got a relationship with God. That's not what I'm saying. But come on guys, let's not just be in the same room as Him. Let's be engaged with Him. They came to Jesus. Jesus said in that parable, those who come to me, those who came to Him got healed. Those who didn't get, it, it never ceases to amaze me. People who stop, you know, perhaps coming to church. There's reasons, there's holidays and there's family and you work all night the night before, whatever. Well, another hour won't kill you, will it? But there are people, oh, you know what? I'm going to give God a break because I'm going through something. I thought, really? That really is not a wise decision. A wise man builds his house on the rock. You need to be in the presence of the presence of God. You need to be hearing the Word of God. You need to be in the context of a loving family. You need to be in the context of the anointing, the corporate presence anointing of God. You don't get this at home, no matter what TV you watch, preaching on TV, no matter what sermon you hear, this is life, this is relationship. Come to Jesus. Come to church, come to your small group, come to a a godly relationship. Those who turn up, got it. That's what Jesus said. Come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I'll give you peace. But you gotta come to Him. Don't suffer in silence on your own, come to Jesus and He can help. What's the second thing? Hear. Those who come to me and hear my voice, hear my word. Mark chapter four says this, be careful what you hear. That's actually the Strong's word, if I remember rightly, number 191 in your Strong's concordance. That doesn't mean hear with these ears, it means understand in your spirit. This is more than just hearing something on a Sunday, it's absorbing God's word into your heart that we hear with understanding. You know, sometimes we all, what's that about? He who has more will be given. He who who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. You know what that's all about? Understanding. He's just talked about the hundredfold return. And he says, now a lamp is put on a lampstand in a house, not under a bed. Take heed what you understand, what you hear. For to him who has understanding, more Harvest, it's talking about the hundredfold return. He who has understanding, more harvest will be given. He who does not have understanding, even the harvest he has will be taken away from him. Read it again with the understanding. He who has understanding and the harvest will either be given or taken away. It opens up that whole passage in a whole new way. But the point is, you wanna build your life on a rock. We wanna build the church on the rock. We gotta be hearing the voice of God. We've got to be hearing the voice of God. We've got to come to Jesus and we've got to hear the voice of God. What can we do when we hear the voice of God? We dig down deep to hear the voice of God. The voice of God isn't just like light in the air. It's like, God, speak to me. It's, it's like, God, I'm hungry. I'm passionate on the inside. 
They dug down deep through what everybody else did and found the rock. You gotta dig into the Word of God. You gotta dig into your spiritual life. And the last thing he says is this, those who do, those who come, those who hear, those who do. This is all in the context of being a wise builder. How do you do the Word of God? Well, how do you do it? Number one, you start by saying it. That's doing the Word, is saying the Word. And then you do what you say. No wonder the Bible says this, let the weak say, I am strong. In Hebrew, that actually means I am a mighty warrior. But for our translation, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Let the, 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 uh, the downcast say, I am lifted up. Whatever it is, let the weak say, I am strong. Let's all stand to our feet here today. Did you get anything out of that? Unshakable. Look at someone say, unshakable. Come on, this isn't supposed to end all heavy and thoughtful. Turn to someone and say, unshakable. This is the life we want. Anybody want this life here today? An unshakable life, an unshakable church, an unshakable kingdom, an unshakable family. This is what we want. Remember, please, please remember this. I'm not saying that this is a life of no challenge. You with me? It's a life of I'm bigger and stronger and I'm here for the long haul. Come on, let's lift our hands to God now, right now. Lord, as we stand in Your presence, Lord, we stand here as those who are hungry and passionate for Your Kingdom. Lord, to be all You've called us to be. And Father, You've said, I'm with You. you said, don't fear. you said, build this thing. you said, go for it. you said, fly. you said, run. you said, Lord, you said, go and stretch forth Your hand. You've told us to do all these things. And Father, we're not doing it from our own ego, from our own ability. We know where this comes from, God. The Lord is my strength. Be strengthened with might in the inner man that Christ can really be the fullness of all. Jesus, you wanna be innocent through us. Unshakable, we present ourselves to you today as a living sacrifice to be those who are unshakable. We present ourselves to you today to be those who are stronger than our surroundings. We thank you for a mind that thinks the thoughts of God. We thank You we can take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. We thank You, God, that we are unshakable people. Why? Because we're built on Your Kingdom, on Your Word and on the foundation cornerstone of Jesus Christ. We thank You for it in Jesus' Name. We trust You. Let's sing it. We trust You. Your ways are higher than our own. 
Come on, let's let this God speak to us today. We trust you. Your ways are higher than our own. We trust that though all things are shaking, I'm unshakable. That no weapon formed against me is going to cause me to shake. Come on, lift your hands in this place today. For we trust you. We trust you. Your ways are higher than our own. Father, we thank you today that, Lord, we can stand in your presence and draw from the throne of grace to find grace and help in a time of need. Lord, that no matter what's going on, you are our source of supply. We trust you, God, that you said, though it's like horses have ridden over our head, you're going to bring us out into a large place. We thank you, God, that we have the helmet of salvation. We have the breastplate of righteousness. Our feet are shod with the gospel of peace. And our, we have a belt of truth holding us together. Shield of faith quenching every fiery dart and the sword of the Spirit. Lord, which takes our territory and gets out there and slays every enemy. We thank you, God, that today, greater is He that's in us than anything we face. That we are unshakable. Your fire in us is unquenchable. We thank You for it in Jesus' Name. And right now, just while we're in the presence of God, if you're here today and you want to respond to this message and say, I want to come to Jesus. I want to come to Jesus. Whatever that means to you, perhaps you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. Today is your day. Come to Jesus. Come to Him. You've not just come to church. You've come to a living God who died on a cross for you 2,000 years ago to give you abundant life. Come to Him. Don't stay in the corner of your life. Come to Jesus. He loves you. He will accept you just as you are. He's not going to criticise you and cast you away. He's going to say, come long lost son. Come my daughter, come back. I'm going to robe you with royal robes. I'm going to crown you with righteousness and joy and love and peace. I'm going to make your life what it was always supposed to be. Come to Jesus, my friend. If you're here today and perhaps you're standing here and saying, you know what, a lot of shaking has been going on in my life and, and I realise I've just been sitting in the corner of a room and, I'm, and today's a day of change. I'm coming to Jesus. Come on, I'm going to ask you to do one thing today, whether you are a Christian here today or whether it's a first time decision. Come on, why don't you lift your hand right now in this place. Say, Jesus, I'm coming to you, Jesus, today. I'm coming to you, Jesus. Come on, there are people who need to come to Jesus here today. We are not all perfect church come on if you need to come to Jesus why don't you lift your hand right now God bless you wonderful thank you Jesus God bless you God bless you wonderful come on there are people here God bless you come on come to Jesus my friend perhaps you've been trying to find out about God and you've tried this and you've tried that and can I say Jesus is the way the truth and the life he will give you abundant life. He died for you to give you life and a relationship with a Creator God. Come on, there's other people here today. Come to Jesus, my friend. Is there anybody else here today? Lastly, as we, I'm going to pray now and I'm going to ask us all to pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, come into my life. I come to you now for you to be everything to me. My Lord, my Saviour and my friend. Jesus, fill me 
with your all-consuming fire. I desire to be unshakable, unquenchable, stirred up, on fire, filled with your glory, living my life for you with a relationship with my heavenly Father. Thank you, Jesus. You will do your word. I am now a Christian. I believe it. My life will never be the same again. I'm on a new road. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's give a shout of praise in this place. Yeah, come on, let's celebrate.